Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for December 12th, 2021, the third Sunday of Advent in year C. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are you today? I'm good. So now I'm questioning that because I just had three seconds of wondering why my wireless mouse has no wire. Off to a great start. <laughs> Off to a yeah. great start. Ooh, and, and admittedly, boy, you might have a day in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Admittedly, my my desk, this is my home office, is just covered with various computer wires and computer gizmos and all. It looks like a 1950s view of the future. But I was telling you, why isn't one of those wires going to the mouse? Is it unplugged? I, oh, no. It's wireless and... <laughs> fully charged i mean I, I guess the answer is like yes it is unplugged uh that is on purpose though so yes it is by design um but uh, uh man i'm fine i yeah, hope uh, we're, we're we're looking good we're uh, yeah this is we're off to the races here uh, <laughs> uh but uh but yeah so um uh uh December twelfth. I mean, geez, we're we're right here on uh, the the verge of Christmas. Um, yeah, uh, we're starting to really uh, get home close. Stretch. It really is, um, and uh, it, we're we're also still uh, in, in the middle of uh, uh, our um, pledge drive. Not pledge drive. Geez, I did it again. Uh, our, our our thoughtful giving uh, uh, period of time. Words are not what. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. Maybe maybe we should switch to French. <laughs> I might do better. Um, <laughs> Me too, but I don't know it. <laughs> um, uh, uh, oui. Our stewardship campaign is, yes. is the word, the, the series of words that I was looking for. Uh, and uh, uh, it, Bruce, I mean, you could say more about it if you would like, but uh, they can they, people can find out uh, how to well, pledge to the church by visiting our website, holyfamilyfishers.org. Yeah, one one thing I say is I'll say is that Holy Family can is completely reliant on the giving of people. Uh, yeah. We don't receive any money from the bishop or anywhere else. Um, so yeah, those years are over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so if. We want to do ministry. We need people to financially support them as as well as volunteering them and all that and pray for them. So please do. Yeah, please. Um, but uh, other than other than uh, the, the yearly uh, um, um, stewardship campaign, what else is uh, going on at the church? Well, we have the greeting of the church a week from uh, this coming Sunday. That's one of the highlights of the year because it's always, I don't know, it's always, it may sound like a weird description. It's a cozy feeling to me to decorate the church for Christmas. That's what the greening of the church oh, is. no, I, uh, yeah. And yeah. so we do that four o'clock, um, again, a week from Sunday. So that's December 19th. Mm-hmm. And um, then after, it takes about an hour to do the decorating. And then we gather in the parish hall for a spaghetti supper and the most garlicky garlicky garlic bread you can imagine in a in a taste tasty way yeah uh there there is there's it's not like a eating challenge or something it's we, just like oh that's good garlic bread we should point out that, that there is a there's a most garlicky version uh that's not the only version uh that that usually yes. is, is is uh is provided i think they make the, it is all done by our men's uh volunteer group so i think they make like three levels of garlickiness <laughs> so <laughs> right right there's a garlic bread for everyone there, there is a garlic bread for everyone and i'm sure uh if, if you ask nicely enough there's probably a version um uh somewhere uh that, that just hasn't been done yet if you're just into the bread uh <laughs> that, that yeah that that we could uh, that we could muster up but yeah it's it's a great you know, event it just occurred to me we could make amazing meatball sandwiches all right, yeah. so this is uh, this is your this is your um, uh, food podcast for the day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go into a very different tangent because <laughs> that sounds save us. amazing. Uh, that sounds amazing. Um, but uh, but yes, and 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 
I mean, obviously, uh, there's there's going to be there, there's lots of different uh, church related activities that come uh, with um, uh, the Christmas season. So um, um, certainly something to to keep apprised a of on our website because there's 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 lots that that we'll end up uh, we'll, we'll end up doing through the Christmas season. Probably too much to to, to get into. There really is, yeah. Um, but I, I suppose one thing that I will point out, if you do, um, if you do visit us in person, there is a, I think it's, is it, did it just go up this past week? The, the angel tree, um, where we buy, uh, no, it, it, or, or it, we went up, it went, it was up for the first Sunday of Advent. It was up for the first Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so then, and there's, there's still some items that are needed. Mm -hmm. Um, and these are items that are gifted to, <laughs> Um, households at Fisher's Elementary School that mm -hmm. are in need. Uh, you can, again, on the website, <clears throat> click to see where it is. We do it through uh, Sign Up Genius, so you don't have to do it in person in terms of signing up for things. We do ask them to be brought to the church this coming Sunday. Oh, okay, so uh, so be on the lookout for that right now. Uh, yeah. Uh, go visit. Hurry, why, why are you listening to us? Go to the website. <laughs> Or listen with one ear while you're clicking on your browser. <laughs> but helping yeah, so, people in need. But yeah, exactly. So yeah, lots lots of things going on. Lots and lots of opportunities here. Um, so uh, 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 feel free to ch check it out and, and, and see what uh, what way you would like to uh, to fit in and uh, uh, what, what would work best for you. So um, lots lots of things going on there speaking of lots of things going on uh let's move to the uh this day in church history uh, da -da -da -da. right uh which to clarify is church uh global church uh history not necessarily just the episcopal church this comes right. from multiple multiple sources because at the end of the day aren't we all together uh, aren't we all uh, a part of this big group uh so let's uh Let's start way back in uh, 1199 BC um, with uh, the, let's see here, Pope Innocent III lays the entire nation of France. Time, time oh, out. Go ahead. You said BC. Or oh, sorry. Pope. AD. It's got to be AD. AD. Okay. Because the coffee has not hit yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is AD. AD. Uh, uh, and that is my apologies for giving you terrible information. This is why I would never be a professor of history of any kind. So we all need to shift our brains about 2,000 years. <laughs> 2,000 year shift. Um, uh, 1,199, Pope Innocent III lays the entire nation of France under an in, uh, interdict uh, that goes into effect uh uh, January the 12th in uh, uh, 1200 and lasts until September 7th. Uh, do you have any guesses as to why they were uh, they were put under Was this? Was this when a group in France tried to make a different pope? No, no, okay. although that is, I think that's a good guess. Uh, no, uh, Philip Augustus took a second wife without properly divorcing his first. Uh, oh, okay, so it's the whole prelude to henry the eighth yeah whole prelude to henry the eighth exactly right so uh uh which is a, a you know uh, it leads down a road that you know eventually leads to all of us so uh so it, an interesting point in, in in history uh 1666 the council of moscow uh deposes russian orthodox patriarch nikon or uh, nikon i'm not sure how you would say it in in russian i know you had I'd probably say it in Japanese, uh, whose autocratic ways and liturgical reforms had resulted in strife between the church and the state. So uh, uh, patriarch was deposed, which is gossipy. Um, <laughs> well, it, it actually has current relevance. Oh, okay. Yeah, because since the shift in Russia from re to returning to Russia from being the USSR, the political leaders have been very careful to reinvigorate the relationship between the state and the Russian Orthodox Church out of political expediency, frankly. And so this incident in history is one of those reminders of how closely intertwined church and state really are in right. Russia. 
to this day. Yeah. And, and even though officially they're not, but you tick one off against the other <laughs> and things go sour. Yeah. There, I mean, uh, to be fair, uh, a lot of uh, regions were very closely tied uh, for a oh, long yeah. period of time. Um, but yeah. Um, but a lot, a lot of Americans still see, still sort of have in their, in their gut, this sense of the godless communist USSR. Mm. And now it's quite the opposite where the Russian Orthodox church has a great deal of influence politically and social and within society. Gotcha. Um, let's see here. Uh, 1733 saw the ordination of Stephen Parker, Ebenezer, Ebenezer Hinsdale and Joseph Seacombe at the at, uh, old South church in Boston to become missionaries to the American Indians. Uh, so that was, uh, I, I, I'd be interested to learn more as to how well they, like, <laughs> we, we, we know that the story that turn out? We, don't look good, we don't look good in this story so i'd be curious right. to know like did we look uh, better at least initially um but uh in 1907 uh evangelist william durham i'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, uh, that name but uh, uh, that name i know a little well so i wanted to bring this up he acquired the property for his north avenue mission in chicago uh, and that's the uh, site where his Pentecostal meetings uh, uh, flourished. He was a big uh, Pentecostal guy, and uh, their uh, events would run uh, sometimes all night. Uh, so kind of a kind of an interesting figure there. Lots more information about William Durham uh, <laughs> that could be read. <laughs> Feel free to research that as you see fit. Um, in 1931, uh, we see the ordination of uh, ordination in pseudo land of its first black African Roman Catholic priest, uh, Raphael Mohasi. Uh, so in 1931, uh, saw its first uh, uh, African American uh, Roman Catholic priest. Uh, and then uh, 1971, so he sees the ordination of Ezekiel Ogun, Ogunaran. Oh man, I'm butchering this name. Ogunaran Oyatumo in the Nigerian Baptist Convention. So a Baptist story here for you. Uh, because he was in his 20s before he was able to obtain regular schooling. He had been taunted by younger students. Boy, they're really going into some detail here. Nonetheless, yeah. <laughs> uh, through hard work and persistence, he will become one of the most notable pastors in Nigeria, a prayer warrior and a defender of conservative values. His church will grow steadily, and he will write several books, uh, including a history of Nigerian Baptists. Uh, and uh, the, the, uh, church, um, the church in... in Africa has a lot of very interesting influences because of uh, all the different uh, um, colonization that took on. To, uh, yeah, different layers. Yeah, so uh, depending on what region uh, uh, you look at, you you might see a very different uh, um, uh, church style that was uh, brought over from from European uh, uh, nations, particularly. But uh, but uh, very very interesting dynamics uh, uh, get formed as a result of. Uh, yeah yeah so even to this day nigeria tends to be the most conservative christian nation on the continent mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or i mean the christians in nigeria regardless of their denominations so the episcopalians in nigeria tend to be very conservative um, yeah particularly and even don't even like american episcopalians because of that's how conservative that's how different we are i should be yeah 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 so so those are those are uh just some of the highlights i left out some of the the uh the, the deaths of people uh uh because i feel like that's all i ever was reading there the first couple of weeks was like on this day this person died and then 20 years later a different person died <laughs> so it's, uh, it's sort but, of like the old saturday night life skit about Franco is still alive. Still alive, <laughs> and that's the news. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the, uh, the those are the uh, notable dates uh, in history for December twelfth that I have identified. So if anybody uh, uh, has any others, you can feel free. to Yes, I have us. another. Ooh. Okay. Okay. It's the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which um, is the the appearance of the Virgin Mary in Mexico okay. um, in 1531. So oh, okay. it was just a few decades after Christopher Columbus um, appeared uh, in the Americas. Mm -hmm. um, and 
it was ex it's been extremely significant for the growth of the Roman Catholic Church to, to be seen as relevant within particularly uh, Central and South America because the appearance that the Virgin Mary made was as a Central American Indian. Hmm. She was not a Palestinian woman. She was an Indian and spoke in the Indian language to um, Juan, what was, Juan Diego. I couldn't remember Juan's last name. Uh, and word of this spread, and, well, Juan went to the local archbishop and make a long story short, it made Roman Catholicism suddenly seem relevant to the millions of residents of Central and South America, and actually even into North America at that point, because of California, New Mexico, and all, well, what's now California, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas. Um, so it, it, it essentially was the turning point in whether or not Christianity was going to be a part of the Americas. Hmm. And it's a beautiful story of, of base, uh, not surprisingly, of Mary saying, yeah, you're right. You, Juan Diego, right now are at the bottom of society, but you are as beloved as my own child. Huh. Fascinating story. Uh, uh, oh, I yeah. wish we could spend more time on this. Uh, as as I'm, I'm I was trying to catch up just a little bit uh, um, about the Guadalupe story, uh, because it, it's not very well known to me. I think I, I kind of had a, a, a general idea of it. Uh, um, there's a fair amount of, uh, of, of, of documented detail about, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. This. Yeah. Uh, since this was uh, like around 15, 1531, December 9th, mm -hmm. 1531, apparently is the date, uh, it started applied to this. Yeah. Um, but the feast day is the 12th. Right. There are multiple appearances and the one on the 12th is considered the most significant. Okay. Yeah. Boy, we could spend a lot more time on that. Um, yeah, it's a, like I say, it's a beautiful story. It's it, and it there are as the Episcopal Church begin has over the last fifty years or so um, welcomed more and more people who have cultural roots um, in the central in C central South America, Southwest U.S. It's become a popular feast day in a lot of Episcopal churches. Yeah, no, I can I I, I can understand why I can understand why. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's, uh, any, any other days, uh, any other, any other, uh, if, if, probably sufficient on the day, probably sufficient <laughs> on the day. Uh, but if anybody else uh, has any that like, Oh, Hey, you forgot this, uh, feel free oh, yeah. to email yeah. us shortcut at HFEC, uh, 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 shortcut at HFEC.org. Uh, we'll see, and we will see your, um, your entry. Uh, uh, mentioned in our next broadcast. Uh, so, but until that time, uh, let's move on to our readings uh, for today. The first reading comes from the book of Zephaniah, chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion, shout, O Israel, rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you, he has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord, your God, is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exalt you over, over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. I will remove disaster from you so that you will not bear reproach for it. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time. I will save the lame and gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At, the, at that time, I will bring you home at the time when I gather you, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. Um, the, th this sounds like a kind of a, pr a, pr a prayer, a song, um, yeah. uh, yeah. 
So, <laughs> so tell me more about this, uh, uh, the, the, the context of this then. Um, yeah, Zephaniah is um, one of the, what academically is called minor prophets, um, which essentially means he wasn't one of the you know, big two. Of, it just means he wasn't Isaiah. I mean, let's. Right. You know, he wasn't Isaiah. He wasn't Jeremiah. Right. Um, but he writes very similarly to those two. Um, okay. And particularly Isaiah. And he wrote pro around the time of Isaiah, give or take, um, and has very similar themes about, yeah, things are looking hard. But if we turn to God, things will be better. Mm. Um, he's particularly concerned about corruption within the political and religious sphere and okay. calling f for people to right here, right now, live ethical lives. Don't don't put it off till your deathbed or and don't think God only cares about what's happening in heaven. What we're doing right now matters. Um, right. Right. And what we have here is a pa passage that's part of that reassurance that after verses and verses of um, words like in verse one from chapter three, ah, soil defiled, oppressing city. <laughs> it's like, whoa. <laughs> Interesting. Um, it's, it's now switches as, and the, the, whole book is drawing to a close in chapter three at the end of chapter three um these words of reassurance okay. that yeah you're 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 really pretty despicable right now but <laughs> i'm not god is is not abandoning you it'll, it'll be okay but you got to be part of this process of being okay mm, okay hmm interesting um so uh When it says like "O daughter Zion," it, 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 a lot of the books of the Old Testament use uh, some of this language that we don't. I think we read and then we kind of gloss over what it means. Like, oh, you know, when they when when the author or the writer or the singer or however uh, you're, you're you're reviewing this, however you're reading it, uh, says like "O daughter Zion." There's a lot of references to Zion. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, especially modern day Christians like hear that and like, ah, I know that's religious. I know that's biblical of some sort, but what, you know, maybe losing the meaning of, of the actual reference. What is Zion? What is, you know, what are they talking about when they, when they say, uh, sing aloud, O daughter Zion, one would just assume, uh, uh, it's really means the same exact thing as shout O Israel. Sort of. Yeah. Is, is it, but it, it does it have any, well, Different again, context? He, Hebrew poetry. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in a sense, you know, it's a poem when there's repetition. Right. And so, yeah, here it really is the same as Israel, okay. uh, as the nation. And often it's used more specifically for Jerusalem itself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes so specifically that it's for a certain mountain mountaintop within jerusalem okay mm -hmm. uh, but in this context it is it's it is another word for israel as a whole in modern language modern english use um we don't hear it so much anymore but in the 1930s and 40s when the movement to form a nation founded on the on founded for Jews by Jews. Um, that movement was called the Zionist movement. Right. Mm -hmm. And we, we hear it some, but not so much anymore. Um, so it, even in modern times, it's, it has been used as the same word as for Israel. Okay. Meaning the same thing. Y'all know what I mean. <laughs> no, I get, I get, I do get it. Uh, because, uh, it, it, the, the, the context of this reading throws it off a little bit because you hear, Oh daughter Zion. And, and and yeah, if you know anything like as you pointed out about um, uh, Jewish poetry, uh, there's repetition is is definitely a part of it. Uh, so you shadow Israel, you would kind of connect the two. But then it 
continues on just in that same verse, uh, rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. So then it kind of muddies the water of like, okay, well, Jer- Jerusalem, I know, is a city. So mm-hmm. like a very specific place. So is Zion another city that I've never heard of? So I mean, ah, you, can, okay. you can kind of see where like it, you know, okay, wait, wait which, what, what is the yeah, reference in, here? In, in that context, it is another, it can be seen as another name for Jerusalem. That that's, okay. When it when it's used in the context that's oh it's a city then it's Jerusalem. So the same word can apply to the geographical entity of a city, the political entity of a country, or the geographical designation of a mountaintop or a mountain. Yeah, yeah. It's it's sort of like America. When someone says America, are you? talking about the continent are you talking about the united states of america are you you know so that when i a few times i've traveled overseas one of the things that i noted is that people will say in in more formal things when we were in church talks and stuff they would refer to the to the usa or the united states of america united states of america seldom did they simply say america because they found that confusing sense though you know yeah. that, that Are, makes sense were we talking about central america south america north america where we're including canada um yeah right right yeah to us there's only one us so yeah how could we possibly be speaking talking about anything else <laughs> yeah, everyone knows who cousin george is so right. we'll just call him george right exactly <laughs> um but uh we do like us some us so that makes some yeah. sense um <laughs> And and uh, I mean to be to be completely fair, even in the context of this reading, um, uh, so would uh, uh, the the the, um, the the Jewish nation. I mean, it, it wouldn't be too, this ma- makes perfect and total sense to 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 them. Whereas uh, a potential right. outside reader would go, "Well, I didn't know that, though. You know, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know what Zion is. Like, you got to fill it in for the rest of us." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and in the Midwest, more than in the far west, it in to honor um, scripture and God and stuff. You know, right here in the Indianapolis area, we have a town called Zionsville. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it occurs frequently in our lives, but so it's very easy to be mixed up about what are which what. What's the context of this use of Zion? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it does. It does. Uh, it could. It could be uh, a multitude of things, and especially as as the Old Testament was written over, you know, such a large period of time. I'm yeah. sure that even um, the, the 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 context in which it used uh, would change. In some instances, it would be a, a hopeful and uplifting uh, uh, reference. Uh, other times, it might have a more uh, uh, somber uh, uh, right. feeling. So you can't really can't really even take that uh, that that meaning across all Old Testament readings because uh, depending on the period of time, would be like, oh well, yeah, Zion is a very happy concept. Uh, 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 and and uh, a source of pride, but uh, not in the context of when this was written. It's sad, and we're missing yeah. it. And, and, you know, what I mean, so it, it, well it in this particular verse, though, it's the good. It, it's it shifted to reassurance, right, right, right. So yeah, if you look at all of Zephaniah, it is kind of uh, you dirty, disgusting thing, and then it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing I should point out to, yes, to step out of my Episcopal centric viewpoint is that within christianity there have been um various groups traditions that claim the the title of zion for christianity or their version of christianity Hmm. as the new jerusalem okay as it's oh shoot i can't remember the technical term for it but it doesn't matter but um basically there's within christianity a very i think despicable um well, I already said the bad word. You said because, despicable. <laughs> yeah, I said despicable. Practice. That's, that's all just, that helped. Okay. Mm-hmm. The despicable practice of saying the Jews no longer count. 
we're the new Jerusalem. We're the new chosen people. We're the new Zion. Yeah. And I don't have so much problem when, when the particular group doing it is a very oppressed people. Um, say um, a lot, some African-American congregations mm -hmm. will be you know, Zion Baptist Church. Sure. Uh, because they really did need those these kinds of, and still do these words of reassurance is slavery and then racism yeah uh, is overcome but when rich white people do it and then i'm a lot <laughs> less comfortable <laughs> right well and that it does smack of anti-semitism it all does come down to into a context and like obviously we said it many times before on this podcast uh, uh these these writings are a, a reference and a source of comfort for for all people yeah that's uh, right so if you're reading this and it is you know that you're identifying with that kind of zion concept and it gives you comfort um i think that's what it's designed to do if you're reading it and and believing uh, and then interpreting it as like oh i'm now mm -hmm. uh, god's soul chosen uh and preferred and by either expressly or by inference, all you others are not. Uh, right. That, yeah, that that's where that's where the line gets crossed. I think. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, it is. Uh, it, it's it's it, it's a it's a careful road to tread. Um, right. And, and we don't always do it well. <laughs> exactly. Humans. <laughs> humans. All too often, we tend to put ourselves higher than we belong or lower than we belong. Yeah. That's, you know, that's it. I think that's a fair way to put it uh, because we also do need to recognize how often we don't give ourselves enough credit either. Uh, yeah. We're, we're, we're the harshest critics of uh, ourselves and everyone else all, all at once. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's not great. It's better. Just it's not, it's don't judge. <laughs> don't judge others. Don't judge yourself. Leave it to God. That's right. That's right. That's not your space. Uh, that's God's space. Uh, anything else about Zephaniah before we move on? We should probably move on. Okay. Well, our uh, our psalm for the day, I say uh, with air quotes that you can't see, uh, which which isn't uh, uh, incorrect. It's not incorrect for it to be this way. It's actually from Isaiah. It's not from the book of Psalms. And there's no problem with that. That's not <laughs> It's not a mistake or an oversight by anyone. Uh, There's not some liturgical angel shaking his or her fist at us. Right, right. <laughs> That's not a song. Um, uh, because uh, it, it is. It is a song. It's just not in, in, in the particular right. book that we often associate with uh, this reading uh, in, this, in this point in the service. But today's uh, uh, psalm comes from Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2 through 6. Surely God is my salvation, I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the nations. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done glorious. He has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth. Shout aloud and sing for joy, O royal Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Um, so yeah, I, that, 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 sounds, that sounds kind of psalm-like uh, to it me. Is. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's... it's um, I'm counting. <laughs> it's probably four different songs of praise that have been collected together here interesting and and psalms are songs so yeah sure 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 so so these are like song these are like song references uh yeah uh, uh all, all greatest in. hits thing <laughs> so so i it just i it, i'm gonna lose a couple of people here and i apologize but uh it makes me think of every once in a while um uh if you watch late night tv uh stephen colbert will do a thing where he'll uh, talk about a news story through a, a series of album covers by an artist or <laughs> like, uh, or like a, uh, that was the most recent one. I think he did a, a story of using uh, Michael Jackson 
uh, and all his different covers to tell a story. Uh, uh-huh. He's done it before with like candy bars or something, you know, something similar yeah. like that. Uh, so this is ex- just kind of exactly that. This is like a, a song reference, song reference, song reference. God is great. <laughs> yeah, and and it's okay. I was that's maybe as bad as what you were saying in terms of offensive. It's like what are the the liturgical earworms? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, that we we just have to give them a couple verses, and then the whole song will be stuck in their brain for a while. They, oh, I so I kind of like so so in a way, uh, this first author in Isaiah is is uh, doing that thing that nobody likes, uh, which is like starting midway through a song and then stopping. <laughs> it's a medley. It's a medley okay. of okay. the greatest hits of praise music at the that Isaiah enjoyed the most or found most meaningful. Hmm. Hmm. So, but very, very, very clearly, you know, very, very truly uh, a reader might be like, all right, great. So now I have the rest of the song in my head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, it saves parchment. And there you go. <laughs> time, um, um, but yeah, it's 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 as if God, this would be so annoying if I gave a sermon that was like Silent Night, Holy Night. Hark, the herald angels sing. <laughs> yeah. uh, and on I, and on, if you know, people would just be grabbing their heads and. If you do that, I think a lot of us are going to assume like you've had a stroke. Right. <laughs> He's he is not making sense right now. His I don't, jukebox has skipped I, the groove. I don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just looping. Yeah. Someone go up there and hit him. <laughs> well, oh, and I, okay, and and to make myself not sound like my sixty year sixty one years, <laughs> it's. It's it's sampling. It's what sampling, like in okay, okay, uh, you know, current music of um, someone takes yeah. a riff. From, this is a remix. This, this yeah. is like a. This is kind of like a remix. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Okay, all right. That makes that makes more that makes a, a lot more sense. So, it, uh, any any information as to why this occurs uh, right here in uh, the spot in the first. Um, book of Isaiah. Uh, it, what's what's going on at this point in time that uh, um, the author felt uh, compelled to throw a song it's in there? Writing about when um, Israel, the people, will return from enslavement to the mm. Holy Land. Okay. So it's it's one of those places of it's going to be better. It's going to be better. And then this is sort of like now the um, not quite closing credit song uh, theme music, but it is a transitional part to where he starts to slam Babylon. Oh, okay. So this is the this is the montage song. Take yes, to the yes. limit. We don't have yeah. we don't have the rights for it. Don't. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that's recognizable. Can't use it. <laughs> Uh, yeah so this is wrapping up um on quite a few verses of reassurance Mm -hmm. and then part of that reassurance it's a this may sound odd it's a natural transition then to in chapter 13 talking about how awful the babylonian empire is because that overcomes people's thoughts of well but if it's an empire god or the gods have blessed it gotcha because it, uh, because it, it exists it's the early prosperity gospel um, yes yes gotcha. exactly hmm. uh, so yeah it so it makes sense in the context of isaiah right here gotcha okay um what else is i gonna ask uh, about this Oh, uh, there, there's uh, since we had the discussion on the prior, uh, prior uh, uh, reading. Uh, here's another reference to Zion, and you can you can definitely see uh, um, maybe behind the scenes what the context of of saying of using the royal Zion. Uh, since you're talking about uh, the period of, of captivity, um, this is this is kind of like the re encouragement and and uh, reminder of like, hey, don't forget that uh, you know you are royal. 
despite the mm-hmm. fact that you're, you know, you're, you're where you are right now, that's, you know, don't forget how beloved and, and, and a royal nation you are. Um, or at least yeah, that's my interpretation of it is that you're, you're right on. And it's also a pun. Oh, okay. Which you how... have no way of knowing. Yeah, no, with, I would not. Because <laughs> it, it could be royal or it could be inhabitant. Hmm. Okay. So it it's playing with just what you were saying of all you people of Zion, you live there and there, or you lived there and you will live there again. And you are royal. You are no, you will not always be slaves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it really is a beautiful piece of poetry that way. Nice. It, it, it sneaks up on someone who's like, I'm, I'm here cleaning out the stalls. What, what, what does this have to do with me? <laughs> hey, you know what? Sometimes you need that reminder. Yeah. Sometimes you really do. Um, anything else about this writing, uh, this passage from Isaiah? No, that's pretty good. Good. Uh, well, uh, real quick, I will. Uh, it, we're, we're not doing it this year, uh, as I mentioned before. But since we've been talking about, uh, you know, the first one is kind of a poem or a song, and the the second one was a series of songs. Just a point, just a quick point out that the uh, first line in our second reading uh, from the book of Philippians, chapter four, verse four through seven: "Rejoice in the Lord always." And again, I say, rejoice. And then, uh, so we're keeping the song. Uh, part yeah. continuing uh, there, uh, which is kind of fun. Uh, so, yeah, all the Philippians um, verses are liturgical, hmm. prayer Very or cool. song. So, yeah, it, it's certainly certainly following the theme. Nice. Very cool. Um, well, let's move on to uh, our gospel reading today. Uh, and our gospel reading comes from the book of Luke, chapter 3, verse 7 through 18. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stories to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, what then should we do? In reply, he said to them, whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. And whoever has food must do likewise. (coughs) Even tax collectors came to be baptized and they asked him, teacher, what should we do? He said to them, collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, and we, what should we do? He said to them, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptized you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. Uh, John's a bit of a fire and brimstone guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, It is interesting to me. um, It it does stand out to me how uh, this language uh in passage maybe even in particular is used to um to kind of talk about even later uh, in later writings about uh um, works uh uh, faith versus works um this is at least in my mind this kind of has a yeah uh, uh, uh works based uh um bent to it um but what's interesting to me is because it's partnered with uh, verse eight here, where he talks about uh, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Don't say, do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. Uh, he's kind of talking about like, you, you can't, this is, this is kind of in a way, almost that Zion uh, mentality we were talking about, which is like, uh, Oh, you know, but we're God's chosen people. You know, I'm the descendant of Abraham. 
what I don't need to do anything. What right. do we, you know, I I have I already inherit this kingdom of God, uh, and uh, it's mine. It's mine. Yeah, I have it by birthright. Own it by birthright, and and I don't have to do anything. And so when you kind of realize that that's part of his comment is like, oh, so yeah, what he's really saying is, you know, don't just do nothing. Like the, you, yeah, don't, you don't don't act as though you own the place because you don't <laughs> you don't run this place <laughs> right <laughs> um and and that kind of changes a little bit of the 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 tone and one can kind of understand the harshness uh of it because um i assume that uh, it either well documented or um kind of apparent that um during this period of time maybe john felt that a lot of people got pretty lazy uh with uh, their their celebration and their their recognition of God in their lives. Is that I, I think that's fair to well, say. N- not so much that. Okay. Okay. But, Set me straight, Bruce. Set me straight. Yeah, because because people cert because there were huge, massively attended feast days uh-huh. at the temple in Jerusalem, and echoed in other in local synagogues. So the, the the public demonstrations were not the issue. Mm, okay. The, the public de- demonstrations of faith, as as Jesus would talk about quite specifically, of um, you know don't let people see when you're fasting. Don't. Right. Uh, that instead, what John's concerned about is people. Yeah, they they'll sing the psalms at the celebrations, and then. You know, kick aside the people in need as they leave the worship space, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that the the hypocrisy of someone who proclaims very publicly how much they are faithful to God, and yet don't have it affect their their daily ethical decisions. Right. 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 Um, I want to run through here real quick, the, uh, starting in verse six, uh, just to see like, um, um, where, 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 uh, the, the harshness of John becomes, uh, uh, almost squeamish, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and, and his gaze, I feel his gaze on me even today. Um, happy advent, (laughs) happy advent, right? (laughs) So it starts out, uh, uh, you know, fairly interesting. Almost, almost in a way. Uh, I think it's a. Uh, uh, this is this is a phrase. I think that is it. John kind of uh, uh, seizes upon. Uh, I baptize you with water, but one is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. I believe it was John who was also making sure to dry, or uh, the Gospel of John who was trying to uh, identify the uh, um, very specifically notes we still have followers of John right. as Jesus. Uh, so I, I know that he picks up on that. Uh, he Very will baptize yeah. you with the Holy spirit and with fire. Um, we start to get in, in that, you know, uh, I, I came with water. He's going to come with the Holy spirit and fire. But even then, uh, I think as we've talked on this podcast before, uh, fire isn't a, a bad thing in, 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 right. in context. Like uh, we don't have all the, um, revelation writings yet when this was written um um so fire was transformative right uh and, yeah and it was purifying was, was purifying it. and uh so still you know okay i get it but you know not i'm not squirming yet uh his winnowing fork is in his hand right kind of a terror terrifying image uh, <laughs> um, uh to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary Okay, all right, never mind. Less scary than I thought. But the chaff you will burn with unquenchable fire. (laughs) That doesn't sound transformative (laughs) at all. (laughs) That sounds... uh, That sounds terrifying. Well, there... Okay, there's... The the, the more optimistic view is... (laughs) Yes, lighten, (laughs) lighten this up for me, if you would. Is... There's no limited time in for God to purify us. Okay. That there is like you gotta get this done now before that 
purifying flame goes out. Okay. Because it's always going to be there. The other thing to keep in mind is Jesus never says this. Right, right, right. John and, says the things that Jesus doesn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> well, and okay. We as contemporary American Christians can't help but think literally about the Bible because it's in our culture. Right, 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 sure. If we don't take this literally, okay, this is going to sound weird, maybe. This could be God saying, it could have been this bad, dudes. Mm. But no, Jesus did not preach this. I gotcha, okay. So, it, especially as the prelude to Jesus, and and John almost in the same breath saying, the guy Cummings, much greater than I am, it could be John said things we expected to hear, particularly about other people, and then could be very surprised that Jesus didn't. Mm. Okay. John, John's focus is so different from Jesus in terms of, you know, unquenchable fire stuff um, <laughs> right. that, that we really should sit up and take notice and say, oh, yeah. That, but unfortunately, what we tend to do as American Christians is conflate them mm. and say, yeah, this, John the Baptist said this so that we'd be ready for Jesus. It's like, yeah, not, not that way, though. <laughs> I gotcha. I, I see. I see where you're. What you're saying here. Yeah, uh, it's essentially a literary technique, is how we might phrase it today. Mm-hmm. That you know, okay. This is going to be really crass, but maybe this gets to it. Good cop, bad cop. No, I think that's right. I I, I don't think that's crass at all. I think that's, okay. I think that's. I mean, because also, I mean, to be to be very clear, in my my mental image of John has been painted uh, uh, very specific or, or uh, John the Baptist has been yeah. painted very specifically over the years of this wild guy with unkempt hair and honey dripping from his long beard uh, with some ca- cricket legs stuck in cricket, it. yeah cricket <laughs> cricket legs stuck in his teeth um, oh, I sang in the honey in the beard but okay. oh, I, <laughs> you know like this uh, this wild guy going like yeah. you're all gonna die <laughs> Yeah. And and uh and 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 Jesus uh very much does not have that uh that mental image at least uh, from from my childhood. Uh, he's the Good. he's the eternal patient parent of uh, like oh yes my child come you know visit yeah. <laughs> so yeah. exact opposites. Um uh so I think good cop bad cop kind of uh makes a lot of sense to me. Um uh, well, whether that's... that's fair or not I suppose is up for debate. Yeah, and and that's one reason why so many people say you know, John the Baptist is, uh, and this is this is a crass summary, is the last Old Testament prophet, mm-hmm. and 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 they're catching on to what I think is a big part of the intent here, of of contrasting the what people expect from God, God's prophets with what God has actually been trying to say for thousands of years through the prophets. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, it is interesting, though, that uh, um, it just... It, I, don't, I don't know what it's... What does it say to me that, that, that then to realize that people still later on were like, oh, yeah, John the Baptist, uh, even after Jesus... Uh, people were saying might have been the messiah (laughs) yeah like there were still people following john uh um uh well well after because that message does have it does have an appeal to it particularly if you don't see yourself as part of the brood of vipers sure sure which i I, i know we would all be inclined to to do we'd all be inclined to be like oh well yeah you know that's they're not talking about me though Right. And and particularly in, in Luke's version where he Luke adds in the part about, well, what do we do? And, um, you know, the, the people that 
John the Baptist replies to are people who, if they were followers of John the Baptist, certainly would not have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they're if they were, you know, if they're soldiers, they're tax collectors, um, the wealthy because they have two coats. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So most of the people, most of the people, are not those don't have those stations in life. And particularly most of the followers of John the Baptist would not have at least continued to be a tax collector, a soldier, or wealthy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it would have been comfortable to be standing with John the Baptist as he shouted, you brood of vipers. Because like, yeah, I know he's not talking about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and the, the other interesting to, uh, thing to point out is even though I said, you know, I, I, I spent some time here uh, talking about how terrifying the, the imagery of his language is, but also take it in context. Like he provides two examples of what to do to avoid this. This isn't hard. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. It's the bar yeah. is pretty low. Like, Hey, if you have two coats, share with someone who doesn't have one. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, if you're a tax collector, don't be a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> And and there's another easy. one, and, and the same with the soldier. The same with the soldier. Like, hey, don't extort people. Well, yeah. oh, okay. all right. Well, I guess I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> can I extort people on Saturday? Right, right. No, that's every a, day. That, that's don't, a Sabbath do thing. Don't extort people on Sabbath, right? That's yeah. the story. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it, it, this isn't hard. This is yeah. uh... which, which is one of the reasons that. Luke is one of my favorite gospels is he's, he's so much more careful. It seems to me about making, making sure people realize how much they are loved by God, regardless of who they are. And that walking with God is something we can do right now. Yeah. Like you said, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. Uh, But yeah, to your point, what you're, what you're pointing out, uh, you know, he doesn't, do you, it, it, this this reference doesn't demonize tax collectors. It's like right. hey, even you. So so the Zionist mentality that we just talked about uh, uh, in this podcast uh, uh, is right. very easily overshadowed by like you know this message is for you know it cer- certainly wouldn't be for the soldiers or the tax collectors. Like, right. No, this, you know, here's an example. <laughs> it's not that hard. Even that you'd like one could easily imagine with this story. Like oh well then. So then tax collectors could do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And if a tax collector can do it, then yeah, I, I can do it even more easily because I'm closer to not being a jerk. Right. <laughs> I'm definitely better than a tax collector. So. <laughs> well, and <laughs> the be. other the other thing to think about is John the Baptist probably came out of a preaching tradition and a, and a lifestyle tradition that was monastic. The... <clears throat> Um, Essians who produced the Dead Sea Scrolls. Okay. And so their thing was to withdraw from society mm-hmm. and because that was the only way to avoid corruption by society. Got so it. this, what John the Baptist is saying is tremendously different from that message. Right. Because he is saying, no, you, you keep doing what you're doing. You, I mean, you keep the employment you have Mm-hmm. but do it ethically that that right. that is entirely possible whereas the Essenes and they were not the only people who saw it this way saw any kind of interaction with the wider society as way too dangerously corruptive mm. okay so you know, again got a reference Monty Python <laughs> with the sure. life of Brian and they're walking through, I guess it's supposed to be Jerusalem, and there are all these different prophets standing on stones and things shouting stuff. Mm-hmm. That's accurate. Um, and also happened in the countrysides, where John the Baptist is baptizing in the River Jordan here, but probably um, within a day's walk, you could reach at least one other, if not two or three other, similarly preaching people doing baptisms huh. for the forgiveness of sins. And so 
in Luke, he really wanted to clarify what was different about John the Baptist's message. And it was, you don't have to disengage from the world. In fact, you have to engage in the world. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Anything, uh, without giving away your sermon for the, for the, the <laughs> I may already have, I may don't already know. have, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, anything, anything else you want to say, uh, about, uh, this gospel writing? Not at this point. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. I'm you're such, such well-mannered individual you are. Um, <laughs> well, very good. Well, that, uh, I think that will, will, will get us to the end. This will be the end of your, uh, this year podcast for December 12th, 2021, the third Sunday of Advent in year C. And, uh, we look forward to worshiping with you, uh, with you either in person at eight and 10 o'clock on Sunday, uh, or online, uh, at our, at our YouTube channel, HFEC videos, the 10 o'clock service will be broadcast live there at 10 AM. Um, uh, looking forward to, uh, sharing, uh, all of that with you, uh, at that point in time and, or, or later if uh if uh yeah. if, if 10 a.m does not uh work for you online it will be there for you when you are ready uh so uh and until next week i'm ben and i'm bruce and we'll talk to you later Bye-bye. bye bye bye